0: It's time for JT the Brick.
1: The summer of Cliff. Cliff Ranch, all summer long. Prepare your phone call. I want Cliff content
2: from you.
3: I stopped into to a Walmart. I had no idea he was there. Like We talked a bit about some old
2: Raider stuff. He was super. And we went back and forth. I think every current wide receiver in it, not only in the NFL, but every current wide receiver, period, needs to be at that induction thing for Cliff. JT the
0: Brick.
1: I want to know, when you met Cliff, what your favorite play was with him? So we had a
2: blast.
0: We hung out in there. We got pictures of the boys with the ring, talked to him a little bit. Cliff
2: Branch was a standout player. The way he ran his routes, his hands, his speed was unbelievable. The plays that I recall with Branch was him going down the left sideline, getting behind the DB, and his left hand going up, give me the ball, give me the ball.
1: As we count down to Cliff, the summer of Cliff on the flagship. And now, here's JT the Brick. All right, JT, back with you. Thrilled to be here. Hour number two of the show. We're going a little bit longer today. The Raiders will make the announcement on their new play-by-play voice. We will have the guest on at 2.05. Q will come on right after that. He has a big show lined up as the Raiders had media availability. Earlier today, we played the Colton Miller interview, and tomorrow they'll be in pads. Tomorrow is the first big day. Every day matters. Every practice matters but the opportunity to be in pads will be huge for the Raiders as they try to figure out what they're going to do. The physicality of this team, that has got to be a big part of this team. It's got to be a big part of this team is the physicality because of the division they play in. The division they play in this year, you better have cardio, you better be physical, you better be ready to pop, and that starts tomorrow. And there's not many days in pads. There's not many days in pads. And the head coach wants players and pads. So we'll get back to that in a moment. Brian Billick is a Super Bowl champion head coach, an incredible analyst, businessman. I'm always thrilled when I have a few minutes to talk to him. Brian, uh, thanks so much for coming on JT. I want to begin and I feel sorry and prayers out to the loss of one of your great players, Tony Saragusa. I know that must have been very difficult for you and your family.
0: It was Tony was just such a great person, a great personality, a huge part of, of that team, that first Super Bowl team. Uh, we were together a couple weeks prior to his passing um, in an event that had a number of players, and Tony, as usual, was the life to party, um, telling stories and and just so appreciative of his teammates and friends. And yeah, it was it's, it's a, he very much be lost.
1: Uh, can I ask you about that team because that was arguably the greatest defense of all time one of the top of all time and he played a big role in that in that team and was it the point of attack was it him demanding the double team that freed up the linebackers the linebackers were great let's talk about tony as a player
0: yeah i mean that presence on the inside every great defense begins from the inside out and what he in the middle along with the sam adams just gobbled up uh, the the interior offensive line kept then from getting up to that second level, allowing a great player like Ray Lewis and our linebacking core to make the plays that they did. So kind of a, a selfless uh, position in terms of didn't get a lot of notoriety, didn't get a lot of sacks, But he kept uh, that offensive line off our line, great linebacking core and was a huge part of the success that we had.
1: Brian Billick is our guest. Great segue to Aaron Donald who has a chance to be the greatest interior tackle of all time at the level that he's playing at now with the Super Bowl ring. And a lot of times the edge rushers, Brian, get a lot of credit there. Starting early in your career with the great coaches you worked for, obviously with Bill Walsh, some of those guys don't get the attention of the famed edge rushers, but those great defensive tackles can lead a team like your team to a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, no question about it. You're know, you right there, whether it's the edge rusher or the shutdown corner, they tend to get a little bit more of the notoriety, a little bit more of the press. But as I said earlier, with regards to Tony, obviously aren't Aaron Donald the best in the game? And you're right, he may be the best ever. His ability, not only inside, may move him around wisely and get him on the outside as well, but his ability to gobble up double teams on the inside and yet provide, you know, quarterbacks hate a pass rush up the middle. If he comes off the edge, they can step up in the pocket. You can do some things to protect it, but that pressure right down the middle of the pocket, quarterbacks hate that.
1: Brian, I'd love to get your opinion on this clause we found out about Kyler Murray having to study four hours on a contract that's 160 million guaranteed; it could go up to 230. What message did you see from the Cardinals and the organization to put that in? Because it almost feels embarrassing that we know he's got to study more outside the building, and they're mandating that in a contract that could be they're out if this relationship doesn't go well.
0: Yeah, that's a little bit surprising, and I agree. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for the organization, and it's embarrassing for the, for the player. Um, you know, in terms of how much you do outside once you leave the building, I don't know. That's kind of hard to measure. You're there so much. But I've never had a quarterback. I've never had a good quarterback, a great quarterback, that wasn't immersed in that process. First guy in the building, last one out, uh, constantly looking at film. Uh, and and so, it, it, to me, it is embarrassing. And it's a concern. If you're giving you give that much money to a guy, to a quarterback, which in today's market you've got to do, uh, he's got to be the guy at all levels. And and for them to put that in, I would think he'd be embarrassed. I'm surprised he allowed that to be put in. Certainly they want him, and that appears to be an issue in terms of his preparation. There's a lot of different ways to handle it. But uh, I think it's embarrassing for the organization and for the player.
1: Ryan Billick joins us. I want to go back in your career when when it came to quarterback preparation, as a player and then an assistant, and I keep mentioning your tree with Bill Walsh, and you have your own unbelievable tree as a head coach and the coaches that came after you from the Ravens. When did you first start to see the preparation of the quarterback, knowing that he literally had to be the first guy in the room and lead and do film study back in the day?
0: Well, as, as the game progressed, um, you know, the, Bill Walsh in the book we wrote, Finding the Winning Edge, talked about the attributes that you have to have as a quarterback and certainly you have to have the physical tools doesn't necessarily mean and when you list them you know a huge arm wasn't wasn't high up the list there had to be a certain uh, it had to have a certain football knowledge of intuitiveness about the game but there clearly has to be that work ethic because you are the center you touch the ball on every snap offensively the entire team is going to take their lead from you in the way you prepare you have to have those answers when you're sitting in the team meeting and the coordinator or the head coach says, okay, what do we do here or there? What happens on this play? He ha- the players have to know that he knows that. Uh, and, and raw ability is great to run around and make some things happen, but the great ones have that, that ability to understand and process the offense, and that doesn't just happen. That takes from, you know, a, lot of, a lot of hard work. And, and, and most quarterbacks recognize that when you're as talented as uh, Kyler Murray and as successful as he has been, it's hard, you know, to, to argue with him about, well, hey, this is just the way I prepare. OK, uh, maybe that's the case. But but to win a championship at this level, it's probably going to take more. And until he does, he's going to have to answer those questions.
1: Brian Billick joins us. Brian, so Devontae Adams comes to Vegas with Derek Carr. He leaves Aaron Rodgers. The Raiders have Hunter Renthro, Darren Waller. They got a lot of weapons on there. What type of a step up does he make now? He was a great, he is the best receiver in football statistically, and he plays with his college quarterback in Derek Carr. What do you think about the potential chemistry there in Vegas?
0: Oh, it could be huge. And the fact that they've got those other elements, you know, when you look at Kansas City, it's a huge. A huge part of it was not just that they had Tariq Hill, but they had other gifted receivers, and not the least of which was Travis Kelsey, that combination. Uh, It's the combination of those that really take you to the next level. It'll be interesting to see how Kansas City does now that they don't have Tariq Hill. Well, by the case of the Raiders, when you have that kind of combination, the options for Derek Carr, um, it's, it's going to obviously elevate his game. The fact that they had the previous relationship this could be outstanding
1: for the Raiders. Uh, Brian, a couple other topics that are out there that I think are really important uh, coming into this league season. Buffalo was 13 seconds away from beating Kansas City. They even changed the overtime rule. Each team will have a possession now. Buffalo's got a real close taste. And you remember back in the day with Jim Kelly, who you knew well, and those teams got a lot of taste of going to the Super Bowl and losing. Do you expect Buffalo now to take that next step? Are they the team that knocked on the door and should be able to break it in?
0: Well, they certainly have to be thought of in that way. You're, like you said, they were that close to it in being a good Kansas City team uh, or in, in getting close to being a good Kansas City team. They've got all the elements. Again, let's go back to the quarterback position. Uh, what he has done, his evolution from beyond his first couple of years has been brilliant. Uh, he, he truly is a two-dimensional quarterback in terms of the ability to run the ball, design runs, and his ability to get the ball down the field. Uh, and then with the receiving core that he has, they, they've really evolved. They're always going to play good defense. Yeah, clearly I have to, they have to be one of the top two or three teams in the AFC to go to the Super Bowl.
1: Uh, the 49ers, big decision they have to make, Brian. You know that organization well. Kyle and John Lynch, John now a Hall of Famer, decided to go with Trey Lance. And Jimmy Garoppolo's really good, even though he's coming off a of shoulder surgery here. I guess it's go time for the Niners. They ha- I think they have a Super Bowl roster. They beat Green Bay and Lambeau, but there's still time. you got to break in a young quarterback. He hasn't been through the wars yet. What's that like when you're coaching a team that has a roster ready to go, but maybe a young quarterback who could be two, three, four years away?
0: Yeah, that is the tough combination because they have been good. Now, you know, injuries have really hit them like they do every team. I'm not trying to make excuses about, about it, but over the last couple of years, uh garoppolo has been really really solid uh it's just come up a little short in some playoff games uh so they are a good team but when you if indeed they end up going with the young quarterback even though he's their first round pick in 2021 there's a learning curve there and the, the little that he's actually played it's going to put a lot of pressure on him obviously they believe in him you know this goes back to the old discussion when you take the quarterback in the first round should you play him Or should you sit him and he learns? And this is a classic. They sat him behind Garoppolo. We're going to see how much he's learned. I think in hindsight, they may have looked back and said, you know what, maybe we should have played him uh, the entire season in 21 because he'd be that much better in 22 on a team that, like you say, could be knocking on the door. If they can stay healthy, uh, could be knocking on the door for a Super Bowl.
1: Super Bowl champion head coach Brian Billick as we wrap it up. Brian, Lamar Jackson's in a really unique situation, and I know you don't want to comment on Mr. Bashotti's money here, but we know the slots of what these quarterbacks are making now, from Mahomes, car's extension, to what we just saw with Kyler Murray, even with that clause there. And Deshaun Watson got $230 million guaranteed. So can you just touch on Lamar? I think he can make every throw. He's one of the greatest runners, as good as Michael Vick, in my opinion, but he doesn't have an agent. So when he puts this deal together... Whenever it comes, what are you looking forward to seeing in this contract if they if they retain him long-term?
0: Well, Lamar is, is and we overuse this word, but he is truly a unique player both mm. on and off the field. His talents are unique to, to anybody else in the league uh, and off the field the way he's approaching it with his mother being the agent. And I'm sure they're getting uh, a great deal of uh, counsel. And uh, the Ravens want to sign him. They want to give him the money, and they will. Uh, like you said, the numbers are the numbers the, the, in terms of uh, with these quarterbacks. It's larger and larger chunks of guaranteed money, which stretches an organization because unlike some of the other professional sports in the NFL, the cap, as large as it is, it's, it's fixed. The, the pie is only so big, and every piece of that pie you give to one player, you don't have that to give to another. So that's, that's the challenge for them. But once this gets done, and it will, they're wholly committed to keeping Lamar. Uh, and they will pay the price, and that price is fairly and easily quantifiable if you actually sit down. I'm not sure that Lamar isn't just trying to say, you know what, I'll just play this thing out and see what a free agent market looks like. Uh, that could be huge. That may be his, his uh, uh, plan right now because the organization would love to get a deal done.
1: Tell us about X-Tech Shoulder Pads. I know you do a lot with it, this company. You're an entrepreneur. There's a lot of parents listening with kids who are playing football and want to put on great pads.
0: Well, I'm very proud of my association with uh, X-Tech Pads. Bob Broderick started this 10 years ago. It's the number one pad in professional football. Uh, It's become the number one pad in major college football. Organizations like USC, Oklahoma, Auburn. It's exciting now because uh, as, as we filter down into the high schools, The parents are getting involved. It's not just, well, I'm not just going to take any old pad that the high school happens to have. They're getting involved with it. They're going to xtechpads.com or at xtech on Instagram because they recognize and they see I can get the same pad that Aaron Donald, Josh Allen, Josh Jacobs has. Uh, And and the good thing about xtechpads, we're 100% American made. We can uh, process your order in a day, it will ship in a day. We need to protect our young people. This is the best pad in the game.
1: Thank you, Brian. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Have a great rest of the summer.
0: You too.
1: Brian Billick, a Super Bowl champion head coach with the Baltimore Ravens. Good get today on a busy day for us as the Raiders have announced their new play-by-play voice. You can find all the information up at Raiders.com. Jason Horowitz is going to join us at 2.05. Jason Horowitz is the new play-by-play voice of the silver and black Uh, that was just announced. You could see that at Raiders.com and he'll join us here in less than an hour and we'll talk to him at the top of the hour. So this will be interesting and fun and we welcome him. Jason is the new voice of the Raiders. He's on our team, our flagship station. We will welcome him to the Raider Nation here at the top of the hour and uh, hear what he has to say about the process, uh, what he's done in the past. Uh, I'll let him tell the story. He's coming up here in less than an hour. His background is very impressive. Young guy who gets an opportunity with the famed Las Vegas Raiders. Jason Horowitz will join us at two o five. Congratulations to him, Mitch in New Jersey. Thanks for waiting, Mitch. You're up next. Go ahead.
3: Hey, doing JT? Good show. Uh, You know, you know, uh, Eli will get in before Jim Plunkett. He's got two Super Bowls. Probably the numbers almost the same. I mean, they can't make up their minds. But when, there's a, when it's a Raider, then they stick it to them. And one more, uh, like Dan Marino had no Super but he had great numbers. And mm-hmm. one more guy, Otis Sistrunk,
4: he played by 10 yep. years. Is he good enough to be in the Hall of Fame?
1: I, to Raider fans, he is. Thanks for the call. But, you know, Otis played in a generation back then, and he was a huge part of the Raiders in those championship games. It's the same question I get with Phil Villapiano. Is Phil good enough to play? I think Phil played in enough great games. A four-time Pro Bowler made – the the greatest defensive play, one of them of all time in the Raiders Super Bowl XI victory. We know about the old man Willie, the old man Willie touchdown, but the goal line stand with Phil Villapiano and then Greg Townsend, as we mentioned there. So, Otis, uh, probably not because it's been this long, but Raider fans could always hope. Otis is one of the greatest Raiders of all time and a better human being off the field. I'll never forget last year that uh, got a chance, <laughs> got a chance. To see him when I was doing the pregame show from the torch and I'm there with Eric Allen and I look out into the crowd and Otis is smiling at me and I say, man, there he is from the University of Mars. Otis is drunk and Otis came back up on, on stage with us to a roaring crowd and did a nice interview with us. I'm going to get into Kyler Murray coming up next. I'm fascinated by this topic. Brian Billick just touched on it a bit, but I want to get into it a little bit more on what happened here. Why did Arizona put that into a contract clause? A couple of comments. Uh, We got a little bit of sound here on this from around the league I want to get to. And then at the top of the hour, right at 2 o'clock, 2.05, we'll talk to the new voice of the Raiders. Jason Horowitz will join us, and I'm excited to hear what he has to say about this great opportunity to be a member of the Raider family as the latest play-by-play voice so he's excited. He'll pair with our great friend Lincoln Kennedy. He'll join us at 205 on the flagship of the silver and black. Brought to you by Salmonashlaw.com because you deserve what's right.
4: Play fake by Stabler, gets him time to throw. He delivers. Branch makes the catch on the 25, turns and splits to the 20, the 15, the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Raiders! A 41-yard touchdown pass to Cliff Branch, who caught the ball, just hooked a little bit at the 25, and then looked the defense in the eye and said, catch me. All
1: right, welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, JT. We're off tomorrow for Aviators Baseball. Aviators have a rare day game. That's our only conflict. I think, for the rest of the season. So good luck to the Aviators. We like, we love Don Logan and the team over there, Jim Gemma, the whole team. And that's where I live across the street from that stadium, and I love it. And uh, only been a one game this year. Hope to be out there for more. We'll be back on Thursday. I'll be, back, be at Raiders practice tomorrow in pads. Looking forward to that. Thursday, I'll be out at practice again. Actually, my son's going to come with me. As part of the season ticket holder package, that's our day. We'll be out there. So, my son's going to bring a friend and looking forward to taking him out there. All right. So, this Kyler Murray scenario and story about him having to study is fascinating to me. Really is. It's the big story in the NFL, as we've been talking about Deshaun Watson, Daniel Snyder, the Gruden emails, all the big stuff that's out there that we're waiting. And it's going to be breaking news, all of that stuff when it breaks. But in the meantime, when training camp's open, there's a lot of, there's not a lot of news other than injury. Injury and intrigue, and yesterday with the Raiders, again, with what they're trying to figure out on the offensive line, the decisions they have to make going forward, that's a big topic. The big topic of Raiders training camp is the offensive line. We know what Carr can do. We know what Waller can do healthy. Renfro the development of the corners. What is Jonathan Abram going to do? Is he going to start? Is he going to play? Is he going to up up level his game to a, not a pro bowl level, but a, a player that can go out there and make plays. So we know what the position battles are going to be. And there's not many of them. And I think because of the deep running back room and the fact that they have outstanding receivers led by Devontae Adams that the special teams are going to pick up, right? The guys who barely make the team, The 51, 52, 53rd guy are going to be special teams guys who are going to be exceptional because they can do multiple things. And then our special teams with our kicker and punter and all that's going to be fine. I I think exceptional. A.J. Cole is a pro bowler, and Carlson is one of the best kickers there. So, again, limited position battles, but a bunch of competition. So the issue with Kyler Murray comes down to his ability to study film. And I think this is a really embarrassing moment for Kyler Murray, who goes down as a Mount Rushmore player in the history of Texas high school football. He's arguably the greatest quarterback ever to play Texas high school football, which is a really big deal. Look at Matthew Stafford. Look at the players who have played in Texas. Baker Mayfield. Go through the list of icons from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. There's a bunch of them. Kyler Murray is either the best or clearly a Mount Rushmore guy. He goes to Oklahoma and wins the Heisman Trophy. Enough said. Once you win the Heisman Trophy, you're a made man. He goes number one overall. Number one overall. That's a really small fraternity of players. And he gets a second contract, and it's a super contract. 230 million, roughly. 160 million guaranteed. Now, let's talk quickly about these guaranteed contracts. The architect of that, that every football player should thank every day, is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins was the first to do it. He got $84 million guaranteed. He cashed all those checks and got more money and is living in another contract now. Kirk Cousins is a very good player, like a Jimmy Garoppolo. Very good player, probably should should have gone deeper in his career in the postseason already. I think Kirk Cousins, very similar to Derek Carr. You can win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr. You can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. You can win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. He missed one deep ball. To Emmanuel Sanders, that would have won the Super Bowl. They're in the game. But back to Kyler Murray. I think you can win a Super Bowl with him because he is a really good quarterback. Now, not in the elite level, which would be top 10, where Deshaun Watson is. He's got 230 million guaranteed, but he can't get on the field because of the allegations against him and the fact that he's settling. But when you have legs and you can make every throw, and I make this point, it's very important. Sometimes the really small athletic quarterback, Fran Tarkenton and Kyler Murray, very similar, right? Fran Tarkenton was maybe the greatest running quarterback until Steve Young came along. And then after Steve Young, it was Michael Vick. And then after Michael Vick, to me, it's clearly Lamar Jackson. He's the best running quarterback I've ever seen. Right up there. I have him better than Steve Young right with Michael Vick. And Kyler Murray's in that conversation because of his speed, his athletic ability, a top baseball prospect, and the fact that he can run. But all these quarterbacks can make every throw. Kyler Murray's made every throw you can make. That's going to your left as a righty quarterback, pivoting and throwing it 50 yards to your right. He's done it all. He's thrown bombs for 60 yards. He's thrown touch passes. He can do it. But the Cardinals realize that he doesn't study enough. He doesn't take home the playbook. He doesn't live in the playbook which is a really big term. Now, first, I want to play Ian Rappaport, who talked about this the other day, the clause in the contract and why this is such a big topic on sports radio, probably the biggest NFL topic, because it's embarrassing to the Cardinals and embarrassing to Kyler Murray that this leaked out. Here's Ian Rappaport
4: from NFL Network. I did a double take, too. and, And, you know, in fact, as far as I can tell, this type of language is not in any other player's uh, contract, certainly not any big time, big money quarterback. But here's what it is there is in Kyler Murray's new five year extension, $230.5 million contract extension based on new money, an addendum that is essentially an independent study clause. What this means is that Kyler Murray has to study by himself for four hours per game week. Uh, so, bye, he's okay, but four hours. Her game week needs to do it on the team-issued tablet, which of course teams can now monitor. If he does not do this, he is in default and will uh, essentially lose his guaranteed money according to the addendum of his contract. It also says in there that he is not allowed to be doing anything that would distract him from studying, such as video games or TV. So yes, and this is something that was extremely important from what I understand for Cardinals owner Michael Bidwill, make this kind of commitment to someone. You want him to be the face of the franchise. There is significant uh, workout bonuses for the offseason. They want Kyler Murray around in the offseason. They also want to make sure that he is studying as he needs to be uh, based on the kind of commitment they gave him monetarily. So it was important to put it in the contract. Kyler Murray, from what I understand, gets it and eventually agreed to it. So you hear him
1: talk about this clause and what's going to happen here and the four hours of studying. So last night on my Mad Dog show on SiriusXM, this was a big topic. A lot of people called in on this. And I learned a lot about this. And one of the examples that I gave was Rich Gannon. And I told the story of Rich Gannon last night, which if you haven't heard it before, I'll tell you again, we got a new audience here every day on Raider Nation Radio. One of the games in Rich Gannon's MVP season I was traveling with the team, and I think we were in Denver, or it could have been Kansas City. I don't remember the exact game, but I remember the story. And we got in and landed late, night game. We landed at like 1 in the morning in Alameda. And my flight, because I was commuting, people didn't realize I was in Vegas even back then. So I would have to wait for the first flight available on Southwest to fly back to Vegas, which was usually 6 a.m., 6.30. So I had nowhere to sleep. I didn't have a hotel room at that time and what i did is I, w- I would go back to the facility in alameda and i would go there and i would just stay up i'd go to the silver and black productions room there was a couch there's a bed but a lot of times i didn't want to go to sleep because i didn't want to oversleep i had to get back to do radio i had to make that first flight which meant i have to be up at four in the morning and then i'd have to take a cab a cab to the airport which as you know if you if you're up there in oakland it was two miles away like three miles away so we get in at one and everybody jumps in their cars and their Ferraris and their Range Rovers and their BMWs and the players take off into the night to go to bed. And I go up to the room and I sit there and then I look at my watch and it's 4, 4.15 in the morning. I call a cab and I'm waiting outside the front of the Raider facility. And I, I go to the back of the facility because there's a fence there and the cab's going to come. So... I'm sitting there, and this is 2000, what is it, 2001 or 2002, a Gannon year. And I'm sitting there, and Rich Gannon comes back to the building. And I was in awe. And Rich didn't know me well at the time. And Rich parked and walked right by me into the building at 430 in the morning after the plane landed at 1:30 in the morning. So he's got a young family. He's got a wife. He must have went right back home. I don't know, slept an hour or two and was back in the building before anybody. I saw it with my own eyes, and there was nobody in the building. Maybe Run Run Jones was there, if you remember that name. And I remember taking that cab ride and going to the airport and being in the Southwest Terminal in Oakland going, oh, my God, this guy's incredible. He's back in the building after a game to do what? To break down film. Wasn't there to work out. Wasn't there to run laps. In the pitch black, he was there to break down film. That was Rich Cannon." That's the complete opposite of what the Cardinals are telling us about Kyler Murray. They're saying basically that they don't trust Kyler Murray. They're going to guarantee $160 million of the contract, but there's a clause in there that they can get out of the contract. Remember Jamarcus Russell, the Raiders' true story, sent him home with the blank, blank DVR, the blank tapes, the cassettes there to go watch, and he didn't watch it because he came back and he lied to him because there was nothing on the tape. This is part of that Jamarcus Russell, not wives' tale, true story. They don't believe that Kyler Murray goes back and studies. And he talked about it in the New York Times in 2021 that he's not a film study guy. So he gave that information out for the public to talk about in the past. And then there are times where plays break down and he tries to save the play with his legs and his feet and run around. And the Cardinals are saying, no, that's not going to work anymore. We need you to break down film at the level of the quarterbacks in the AFC West. Derek Carr is an animal when it comes to film study and work prep, period. You know that. You would assume the same for Justin Herbert. You would would know that for Patrick Mahomes as an MVP and at the level that he plays at. And Russell Wilson's one of the greatest quarterbacks of the last 10 years, period. He's a Hall of Famer. He's fitted for his gold jacket already as he starts in Denver. Kyler Murray, who plays out West, Arizona doesn't believe that he has that type of work ethic, which is okay. But by putting it in the contract, they told all of us that they will cut him and they will get out of this contract if they can, if they're not winning. And Kyler Murray is very immature. He scrubbed the Arizona Cardinals from his Instagram account, then had to rebuild that again because he wasn't happy at the negotiation with this contract. So he finally gets his contract. Someone told me last night, on the called into the show last night, and said, well, why did he sign it? I started laughing. Why did he sign it? It's 230 million, 160 million guaranteed. It's generational wealth. He never has to make a dime again. He's set for life with his great grandkids. That's why he signed the contract. Listen to Shannon Sharp on Fox Sports One. I know his agent very well. Shannon has more Instagram more social media impressions than any athlete in all of sports. You didn't know that. More than LeBron, more than Tom Brady, more than Shaq, more than anybody is Shannon Sharp. He is an astute businessman. I mean, he's got businesses like you wouldn't believe that you don't know about, and he is super sharp. And he was one of the greatest tight ends of all time. He debates Skip Bayless, and here's what he said earlier today about this contract and what we now know about Kyler Murray.
2: So basically, Kyler Murray is just doing what he has to do at work. He's watching tape at at work. And when he goes home, guys, I don't know if he knew this, but they got in these in these tablets that you take home, they know if you're studying, or you just cut it on and let it run. Kyler, you thought you were slick. Kyler thought he was slick. He would just get away, take it home, put it on, turn it on, and let it go. Mm. Skip, I got it from a very, very good source that said years ago, a couple of years when he first got into the league. He had these kinds of study habits that he he kind of carried in way that he was holier than thou and that he was above everyone else and he was unwilling to listen to anyone else. I said, but you know what, man? I don't I, man, this man's a rookie. He can change. I don't want to put that out there on this man just yet. Yep. Let's let's see, let's let's give him a couple of years. Sharp, he ain't changed. Mm-hmm. You heard what Lar Fitzgerald said in a tweet. Skip this, it, now, now, I want people to understand. This is not something that we that we're putting out here because he said in, a, in an article that I was blessed with with cognitive skill to just go out there and see it before it's happened. Yep. I'm not one of those guys that's gonna sit here and kill myself watching film. Yeah, that's what the greats do. That might explain why you keep faltering. They get a bead on you halfway through the season and you never come up out of it. Good. That might be it, Kyler. Good point. Ding, 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 ding. Yep. This is a damn shame. Mm. I'm embarrassed. I'm in bad for Kyler Murray. Bro, that's out there. That ain't going away. That's something you're never going to be able to overcome. They had to stipulate in the contract. Normally, Skip, it's a, a well, we, we all have stuff in our contract. We have more clause in our contract. But Fox ain't got Shannon's damn contract. Shannon, we need you to prep for the show outside of the show. Why would they do that? That's your job. That's Shannon Sharp, a gold jacket.
1: Two-time Super Bowl champion for Baltimore and Denver and one of the great players in the Hall of Fame and business minds. That guy preps because, again, I know his agent well. His workouts, his diet, his training, just what he does in media is incredible. And he eviscerates Kyler Murray. So, again, I've mentioned my son goes to Oklahoma. I love Kyler Murray. And Baker Mayfield is kind of like buying into the boomer sooner. These guys got statues at the stadium in Norman. They've been super successful. Baker Mayfield's got to rebuild it all again in Carolina. But Kyler Murray's very interesting to me. And it's about work study. And this is one of those topics, if you have the kids in the car, or you want to talk about with your young kids, especially young football players, this is a big moment. That a player was exposed by his own team. Steve Keim, the GM. Michael Bidwell, the owner, had a sign-off on this. And Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach, is probably very embarrassed that the world knows that Kyler Murray is probably into video games and watching them more than being on his iPad. So it's four hours of work a week that he's supposed to give in outside the facility. So I'm to assume that the Cardinals believe when he goes home every night that he plays video games like a lot of kids his age do. A lot of people his age play video games or watch movies, and the Cardinals are saying no more. We want to see what you're studying. It's a company iPad, so don't look at anything crazy, wink, wink, on that iPad, because we can see what you're looking at. And we can actually see the amount of time you're studying. So don't give it to your buddy to play next you as you play a video game. You sign in and you study for an hour a night. Just it. One hour a night. And if he doesn't do that, mark my words, a year from now, if they're two and three or if they're four and six and they're not winning, they'll be able to go to the data. They'll be able to look at the algorithm and say that he broke the rule in his contract and they'll get out of that contract. Hopefully that doesn't happen to Kyler Murray, but it could. That's why they put it. Any reason, anytime they put something in a contract, they do it for a reason. And that's the reason they're doing it. The Cardinals don't trust Kyler Murray an exceptional talent. And this to me means this is going to end ugly at some point down the road. We're brought to you by Resorts World. We often tell you about the great experiences we have at Resorts World. And that would be the great experience of Doghouse Saloon. When you come in, there's free parking. You come off the elevator. It's right there in that theater. Next to the theater is Dog House, where we host Monday Night Football once a month. They have the sports book there. And then at night, they turn it into a country bar with entertainment. They have such great entertainment there, and the footprint of the place is great. Great drink specials, very comfortable to spread out. You can place your bets. You can watch the game and listen to live music. Scott Sabella's Vision of Doghouse and Resorts World, the newest, the biggest resort property on the Strip. 702-365-9200. If you have anything you want to add on Kyler Murray, comparing him to Jamarcus Russell, all the way to the greatness of the film study of Derek Carr, let's keep it going. Raiders Training Camp, and you're getting all the coverage right here on the flagship. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM.
3: And Cliff just had world-class blinding speed. Four-two-five, forty. Four-two-five is just world-class forty-yard speed. And Cliff had the good hands. And I think Freddie had an awful lot to do with making Cliff the kind of receiver that Cliff uh, wound up being because they would stay after practice, and they would talk, and he would talk to Cliff about routes, about this, about coverage, and they would stay after him. I think Freddie had a lot to do with Cliff being the kind of receiver that he was. I think Cliff will tell you that, but totally different. One with great speed, both with great hands, one a possession guy, one a great deep threat, one wanted the ball before he even got his jock on.
1: Ken Stabler, you can listen to the Snake all day. How about that on Cliff? And what it meant. I talked to Fred Bolitnikoff. We scheduled him for Monday. George Atkinson on Thursday. All the best friends and the people that brought Cliff along. Jason Horowitz is going to join us next at the top of the hour. He's the new voice of the Raiders. That was just announced. If you want to learn a little bit about him, stay tuned for that. But the Raiders put out a nice bio on him. We welcome him in. There's been some great names and only a few in Raider history. He'll take over for Brent Musburger, one of the great broadcasters of all time. One of the most accomplished broadcasters ever in sports. Greg Papa before that. Bill King. Uh, other names along there. Uh, my buddy Rich Murata, Guys who have been in the booth with the Raiders. Lincoln Kennedy. It's a high honor to be in the booth with the Raiders. Period. And this is an exciting time for Jason as he'll join us. And we'll get to know about his family. Where he comes from. And he's got some work to do. Got a game coming up a week from Thursday in Jacksonville. Breaking news. The Buccaneers have signed Julio Jones. Wow. Julio Jones, who lost the Super Bowl to Tom Brady with a 28-3 to lead. 28-3 to lead. And to have that opportunity to come back and now and play for Tom Brady. So with Mike Evans, with the weapons that they have, bringing in Rudolph, this is another example of a player. Is this ring chasing? Absolutely. And he deserves to do it. Julio Jones is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's going right in. Like Calvin Johnson. Doesn't have to wait. He'll have the minimum five-year wait. He wants to cash a ring. And he was very close with Atlanta. So that's what Adam Schefter reported 16 minutes ago. Julio Jones now wants to try to win a Super Bowl with the man who prevented him from winning one. That would be Tom Brady. Seven-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Julio Jones is signing a one-year deal with the Buccaneers. The soon-to-be 45-year-old Tom Brady will have a chance to throw to the 33-year-old Jones. Uh, Jones drew interest from Green Bay and the Buccaneers, but Tampa Bay was the most aggressive in giving the quarterback, uh, Tom Brady, a new offensive weapon. So, look, we watched Julio play last year, and he wasn't great. He didn't have the burst. He wasn't that type of player, but he's a great route runner. He could catch the ball. And if he's the second, third, or even the fourth option, Godwin, Evans, Rudolph, Four net, dropping weight now. He's a good player. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. And the great Tom Brady, who puts every receiver in a position to make a good play. And we talked about that earlier. I want to thank Jim Plunkett and Brian Billick, who also joined us today. Uh, great to get those two gentlemen on, especially Jim, who will be in Canton next week for Cliff. And we got to get Jim into Canton for Jim in years to come here. A couple more sound bites before we get out of here on what Cincinnati's saying. Their GM, Tobin, on a potential... Now the next guy who's early to get an extension is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow just went to the Super Bowl. Everybody knows he's in that same boat, but younger coming into the league in regards to years played than most of these guys who are getting the extensions now. Cincinnati's thinking about doing it.
2: Negotiations with Joe Burrow, <laughs> that's not on my mind right now. And I don't think it's on Joe's mind. That's in the future. We love
0: Joe. I think he loves being here, and, uh, but our focus is not on that. It's on how do we win the Super Bowl this year, and I think that's where Joe's focus is.
1: I also want to move to Tyreek Hill, who's making a lot of noise talking about Tua. Tua is now his new quarterback. His old quarterback was the great Patrick Mahomes. And I mean great, and Hill's talking a lot, a lot more than when he talked in Kansas City. He didn't say much in Kansas City. Now he's the mouthpiece of the Dolphins. Here he is.
2: You had an opportunity right. to pick between Tua or pick between Zach Wilson and you decided South Beach instead of New York. What was the determining factor in that? I say it once and I say it again, you know, Zach Wilson is a dog, but I'd rather play with the most accurate quarterback in the NFL dog.
4: I want to pick up on that because you just called him the most accurate (laughs) quarterback in the NFL, and you made a lot of headlines about Tua's accuracy, Tyreek, in comparison to Mahomes. So what have you seen from him so far this summer?
2: I mean, obviously, you know, Tua, he's not your typical gunslinger, but, you know, like, if you really, like, just pay attention to his game, you know, everything is spot on, everything is pinpoint. You know, ball is on time. You know, his fundamentals are on point. You know, he takes the time to make up in other areas and be great in, in those other areas that, you know, other quarterbacks may not be good at, you know. So that's all I got to say on that. You know, Tua, he's a heck of a competitor, hell of a hard worker, you know. So, like I say, man, I'm, I'm excited to work, go to work with him.
1: He will throw Tua under the bus if Tua doesn't get him the ball. Uh, the good news for Tua with Tyreek Hill is you can get him the ball quickly. As soon as the huddle breaks, you can put him in motion, and get the ball out two, three yards. The best part about Tyreek Hill is you don't have to throw it 60 yards. You can throw it six yards, and he'll go 60. So this could save Tua's career. If Tua's smart, he's getting the ball to Tyreek Hill the entire time. I mentioned Matt Rule yesterday. He's the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. He's in an interesting spot because I don't think he would have won or kept his job with Sam Darnold. They went all in on Baker Mayfield. Rule talked about how this trade came about.
3: When did you and Ben really start to imagine what this team might look like with Baker in that exit quarterback? Scott and I had that conversation in, uh, before the draft and in the draft. You know, we were, we were you know, talking about that and just the deal didn't happen. And so it was sort of an ongoing conversation until it, until it finally did you know, occur. Uh, there were times where it looked like it wasn't, you know, wasn't going to occur. In spring, in OTAs, uh, we really became really excited about what Sam was doing. And when we got Matt, obviously we were excited about Matt. So, you know, there was a time that wasn't sure if it was going to happen. But when the time came at the end of the day, we felt, felt like it was the right thing for the team, and we did it.
1: Yeah, and that is the right thing because he would have lost his job. He would have lost his job. So training camps are all open now. And a lot of media companies are doing training camp tours. Peter King just came into Vegas. Sorry I missed him. He was great. On our morning show, he put out a great column on Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels. I got a chance to see Steve White, a uh, watch from NFL Network, and more and more insiders are making their way out west to see not only the Raiders' great new facility, to see Vegas, but to also meet the new GM, Dave Ziegler, and the head coach, Josh McDaniels. So the Raiders are going to be in the news a lot coming up here because a lot of guys want to get out, and gals, insiders, want to get out to Las Vegas for a night out, great dinner, good weather, a little bit hot as we know, but get, get a chance to see this team. So tomorrow they are in pads, and that is going to be a big deal here because the limited amount of time that they're going to be in pads. Also, we'll have some sound. I'm off tomorrow because the Aviators are playing a rare day game. So I get a rare Wednesday off here. We'll be back on Thursday. Speaking of the Aviators, Sky Bolt, maybe the best name in all of baseball, played for the Aviators, right? He played outfield for the Aviators. Now we got a Sky Bolt home run. For the big club, the Oakland Athletics.
2: swinging a high fly ball to right. McCormick is back toward the track near the wall. And it is on the ledge. And it is gone.
1: It is gone there for Sky Bolt. That is a great moment in his career. And I think a lot of people are excited for him. As I said, I'm not a fan of the A's. I'm a fan of the Aviators. I'm a fan of A's fans. A lot of them are Raider fans. But I don't like the way the team has been run. The team has been a disaster. And uh, coming up here in about 10 minutes, Jason Horvitz is going to join us. He's the new play-by-play voice of the Raiders. We're really excited to talk to him. And we're going to let him do the the talking. I'm just going to ask him about his background. He's going to tell you how he got the job, what it was about, how he put himself in a position to get this job. He has a really nice resume coming out of Syracuse with all the work that he's done. We'll get into that in the interview. And I hope everybody welcomes him in. Okay, the mature thing to do the right thing to do is welcome in this young man who's the voice of the Raiders. You've been there before with a new opportunity. You want to be welcomed in. There's been great names before him. We know that. We know that. That's part of the past, and the Raiders pay tribute to the past. They always do. Who does it better than the Raiders? But when you start with the Raiders, like I did 24 years ago, George Atkinson welcomed me in. David Hum welcomed me in. They gave me an opportunity. This is going to be a great opportunity for Jason – And we'll talk to him in about 10 minutes and get his opinion. Then Q has a really big show lined up. No one grinds harder than Q. He was at the media session and practice today. Q will take over right on his show, right where he is. So stick around. Do not turn the channel. Keep it tuned in and streamed to Raider Nation Radio.
3: As Carr drops back, throws middles open. Waller's got it at the 47 yard line and down on a big 20 yard gain here to start this initial drive. Waller was open and Carr did not miss him.
1: That is the former voice of the Raiders, Brent Musburger. We'll talk to the new voice of the Raiders, Jason Horowitz. He'll join us coming up here in a little bit. We're excited to talk to him and welcome him into the Raider Nation. As we begin, uh, queue. this is his show. We'll do this interview, get out of the way, here for Q. He's going to have a big show lined up today. We'll welcome in the new voice of the Raiders and then move on. We'll be off tomorrow for Aviators Baseball. I'll be back Thursday. Uh, Raiders are in pads which is a big deal coming up tomorrow. And then the Raiders will have another practice. And then next week we're heading out to Canton for the summer of Cliff and the big ceremony for Cliff Branch. But the Raiders also play a game against Jacksonville, which is a little bit unique that they're playing Jacksonville in the preseason and they're going to play them in the regular season. Same goes for New England, which they got in the preseason, the final home game. And then they'll play them at home again in the regular season That's the only marquee national game at home at Allegiant Stadium, as there's others on the road. So we'll talk to Jason about the schedule coming up here, his schedule, and how he has this opportunity coming up here with the Raiders. Raiders made an offensive line change. Look, there's going to be, I think, more. I think, as we said, the Raiders are at a point now where they're going to be making decisions on the offensive line. The core player, Colton Miller, spoke earlier today, and he was laughing, having fun, had a Sons of Anarchy shirt on. I was like, man, I've never seen him talk like that. He's a pretty quiet guy. I remember when he came in. Now he's been thrust in to be the leader of that offensive line, mentoring someone like Alex Leatherwood, Dylan Parham, who comes in in the third round, the Raiders' first pick in their draft. They started with the third-round pick. And then the opportunity to figure out how they're going to figure out the rest of the middle interior of that offensive line. Uh, Devontae's been in the news a lot for his comparisons of Derek Carr to the great Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if you saw Aaron Rodgers today. He showed up as Nick Cage from the movie, and I thought it was really cool. When you can dress up like uh, Con Air, he showed up exactly dressed like him today. And that's who Devontae played with his entire career. Now he goes to his college roommate in Derek Carr. He made the comparison, didn't walk it back, didn't change his opinion, just clarified on what he thought was Derek Carr's great career and the arc of that career. And, and people get uncomfortable when you talk about players in the Hall of Fame when they're young. I do it all the time. Hall of Fame is about numbers. It's about numbers and where you're at with numbers. If you add a championship like Matthew Stafford was able to do, you're in a really good position. You add a championship and then you have the numbers, you're in a great space to get to the Hall of Fame. Derek... All he needs is a championship because those 4,000-yard seasons, those fourth-quarter comebacks, those touchdown numbers are all going to add up if he plays a long, long career to the Hall of Fame. Can he get a ring and get over the top? Now, remember, we interviewed Jim Plunkett about an hour and a half ago. Jim is on the doorstep of Canton, Ohio in the Hall of Fame. And Jim's got two rings, but he doesn't have the stats of a Derek Carr or an Aaron Rodgers. So the league has to look at Jim Plunkett a little bit more differently. They have to look at his entire accomplishment and his story. So I thought Devontae did a great job. I'm also really impressed with Max Crosby, who I'll see tomorrow. I think Max is going to have a big year this year, monster year, playing opposite to Chandler Jones. And then we're going to see more and more about the depth chart in the secondary, which I'm looking at. I have a depth chart here in front of me. The progression of Jonathan Abram at safety. Trayvon Merrigan center field. And how good is Rocky Asin? to come in and close down and be the corner. If he plays just as good as Casey Hayward or a little bit better, the Raiders won't have to worry about that. And then we'll get to Trayvon Mullen on the other side as he comes through the injury, the pup list, as he gets ready to play and how he's going to take the next step. I also think one of the most important players in the preseason is Nate Hobbs. Because if Nate Hobbs improves to be better and better, Nate Hobbs can be a starting corner for the Raiders in case of injury and I definitely want to see him at that level I think he is growing into that he's growing into a person I think his personal life is coming into play that's going to be a big deal and one more player before we wait for the new voice of the Raiders Denzel Perryman who's been wearing the beanie cap and coming in with the cup of coffee big smile super excited can't wait to see how he plays but it's our pleasure to welcome in the voice of the Raiders Jason Horvitz is kind enough to join us the new play-by-play voice Jason, congratulations! Welcome to the Raider Nation. How does it feel today?
3: It feels amazing. It really does, JT. And I, by the way, I will one hundred percent also wear uh, one of those beanies <laughs> on a regular basis. Uh, <laughs> so, so that doesn't have to just be Denzel
1: absolutely we got a lot of new raider gear being delivered to you and your family i want to get through a lot of questions here i want to start off before we get to the process take us back to your youth your passion for sports as a young boy before you got to syracuse and Newhouse. where did it all begin for you
3: you know what's crazy is that um so my grandfather when i was in kindergarten i went to half day kindergarten uh so i grew up in michigan and i went to half day kindergarten and my grandfather would pick me up from the Like kind of like enrichment program that I went to before the afternoons. And like once a week he would take me to Toys R Us and we'd go get you remember starting lineups, those little figurines that if we never played with them, they'd be worth so much money. But I was five, so I played with them all the time. And the first one I ever got was was Bo Jackson. And you know, you grow up in Detroit and Barry Sanders comes and like he was my favorite player as a kid for as a Lions perspective, but before that was Bo. And, like, Technopole, I wanted to be Bo Jackson and Marcus Allen and all those guys. And, like, they were the greatest. And I really wish I still had that starting lineup figurine because I really think (laughs) it would be special now. (laughs) I have no idea where that one is.
1: (laughs) uh, Bo and Marcus would love to hear that story. Jason Horwitz is kind enough to join us. He was just named the voice of the Raiders so from high school into college I went to Geneseo State University Speechcom you went to the big house at Syracuse tell me the decision to go to Syracuse what happened there in the arc of your education and the beginning of becoming a broadcaster
3: I um I always knew I wanted to be a broadcaster in fact that so I used to annoy the heck out of my older brother because we'd be playing Sega Genesis and I'd be announcing the games He'd storm out every single time, like he couldn't handle it. <laughs> and so, like I always wanted to go to Syracuse, and, and and you know this path. And at first, there was some studio, and then I wanted to be a play-by-play. And but the idea of, of of being the voice of a team, I mean, it is such a special relationship that the voice of a team has with a fan base, and and, and you know this Raider Nation is as passionate as as any fan base in any sport, and. and and like to get the opportunity to follow in the voices because it's been such an historic, and there aren't many, but, but the, the history of the voices of the Raiders, they're storied and they're wonderful and they're phenomenal. And, and, and I'm just I'm so honored to, to get that opportunity to, to join those and, and, and get this opportunity to call this, this team and this franchise. And it really is a lifelong dream come true.
1: Yeah, it is. It's a tremendous accomplishment. We all congratulate you. Jason Horvitz is kind enough to join us, the new voice of the Raiders. So let's jump into your career after college. You were very fortunate to go to New York, and I look at your background and your brief history, and you've had a really fast arc, and a lot of these companies I know Westwood One, Sirius XM. I'm a member of that team, the work you've done at ESPNU. You really hit the ground running, so talk about the earliest opportunities you had in New York and how you knocked the door down
3: so um, it, it all started, I, JT, do you remember a show probably 17, 18 years ago called Dream Job? I don't know if do you remember that on ESPN? Yeah, that was the ESPN
1: reality type show, right?
3: Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. Mike Hall, who I'm actually in Indianapolis at Big Ten Media Day now, and Mike Hall uh, won season one. He works for Big Ten Network. And, and I was fortunate enough to audition, try out, and make season two. And, and some things kind of developed from there. And, and when I graduated Syracuse, um, I got this opportunity to be the face of, at the time, cbssportsline.com. dot com, and I'm 22, and I go to New York, and and they want to be the first television network to do video exclusively for the internet. And like, remember, it's 2005. Who, who watches TV on the internet? And like, I'm having these conversations. Do I do this? Do I do I go to El Paso, which was an opportunity, or Shreveport? And I like, I was. Those were real conversations, but. Um, at the time, my girlfriend now now my wife was moving to New York. She was working in advertising. I'm like, well, I mean that part of this makes it a no brainer. So I took the opportunity to to, to be the face of a, of a of a website, and I've just been so lucky and fortunate since then. And, and Westwood One's been a, such a wonderful company to work for um, for the past 14 years as, as a studio host and play by play, and um, the opportunity to have some of the biggest events. I mean, I, I I've been the host of the NCAA tournament the last eight years, and um, they really have been wonderful, and, and Sirius XM is outstanding. And I, you know this, this is just an amazing opportunity.
1: Jason Horowitz is kind enough to join us. He is the new voice of the Silver and Black. He joins us on the flagship Raider Nation Radio. So, Army football. I mean, being from New York, I'm a New Yorker and knowing Army football and the tradition there. Let's talk about your background in play by play football and the opportunities you've had with Army and other chances to call games.
3: Yeah. So army was this past year and up until my first game there this past year, I had never been to West point. Um, and if anyone ever gets the opportunity, I mean, that is absolutely a bucket list place to go right there on the Hudson. Um, but you want to talk about history and tradition. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that is, that is basically everything that West point is and, and CBS, you know, trusted me with that package. It was something that was very important to them. And, and, and it was, absolutely last year an honor for them to you know to take over that package and the first game I did at Army was September 11th last year It was the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and the attacks and you know you put all that into one on top of the fact that it is at Army uh, on that anniversary where you kind of can see the shadows of the Twin Towers and all that stuff It, it really was a an incredible responsibility but but such a cool venue and and that 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 campus is just such an amazing place um but but i've so called army last year in all of their home games but i've had the opportunity to call uh games for cbs sports network for the past uh, seven or eight years and you know it's 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 been from a division two game of the week at azusa pacific mm-hmm. in uh, <laughs> uh out there in california uh, where uh i believe if he still is or what wo- he was at the time uh, christian okoye was was the leading rusher um to to this um and it really, is, it really is a dream come true. It really is amazing.
1: The play-by-play voice of the Raiders, Jason Horowitz, kind enough to join us. So let's get into the process here when this opportunity presented itself to you and your agent and not all the details, the fine details behind the scenes, but when you knew this could be an opportunity, your tape's out there, your name's out there, you're thinking Mark Davis, the Raider Nation, Las Vegas. Walk me yeah. through that process when you realized this was an opportunity you could get.
3: Well, you I mean, you just hit on it, right? I mean, Al Davis and, and, and the history of, of the Raiders and, and, and his organization and what Mark Davis has now done as well. And um, and um when I got that phone call, uh, I was... <laughs> truth be told, I was so excited that that weekend, JT, I, I went for a run. I was so excited that I actually fell over and have a... I mean, this is really embarrassing, actually, but I have a hairline fracture in my elbow. I was so excited. <laughs> so <laughs> I am so dedicated to this that 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 is what happened. But um, no, when they called it, it, was it was one of those things that when when you get an opportunity uh, like this and it presents itself, I think you realize just how special it is. Um, and, 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 you know, I knew what was in front of me and I was I was so excited to a get the call uh, and b go through that process and, you know, getting that job, uh, getting getting the, the message that that I had been selected as the voice of the Raiders. I mean, it's, that's something I'll never forget.
1: Yeah, it's a true honor with the names that have been calling games before you. And you get a chance to work with Lincoln Kennedy, and Lincoln's been a great friend for many years, and Lincoln is fantastic yeah. from the work that he did on the sidelines and to get to the booth and one of the great Raider offensive linemen and, and someone who has so many reps and so much experience with multiple voices there. So the chemistry, I think it's going to happen really quick, because when you work with Lincoln – and I have over the years. He makes you feel comfortable. What are some of the challenges for you as you turn around here and there's a game in Canton, Ohio coming up a week from Thursday?
3: Yeah. It's, uh, well, I mean, first of all, Lincoln and I will get together and, and, and get to know each other a little bit. And, and that's as much as anything else. It's how, how crucial you know, that chemistry is going to be. But I, I, uh, from everything I've ever heard, including having him on as a guest a couple of times throughout shows throughout the years, I mean, he is just such a personable guy such a likable guy you know he's obviously a larger than life figure uh you i don't know how much you've seen me i'm eleven and 165 (laughs) so that dichotomy is going to be pretty fun um but no i think we're going to have a great time together he's just got this big personality um and and i can't wait to get to know him
1: Uh, tell us about your family you mentioned your wife your family and what a typical day in your life is before this writer gig and how it's going to look after this
3: yeah, so we have three kids. Uh, our daughter is going into fourth grade. Um, she'll be nine coming up in September. Our son uh, is is five and a half, and um, we have a one year old uh, who is just so full of energy. Um, and they're super excited about this. My my son is obsessed with he's obsessed with logos. He's obsessed with mascots. Um, and and his recent thing is he likes teams that have the color black in them. I mm-hmm. you know there's obviously way before this. And uh, so w- when I told him that, hey, I, I'm going to take over as uh, the voice of the silver and black, he's like, it's got black in it. It's amazing. <laughs> and he was so excited. So, um, you know, they're, they're all pumped about it. They, they can't wait to, you know, start rooting for this team and, and being part of it. And, um, you know, we're really excited.
1: Jason Horowitz, kind enough to join us. How psyched to see the voice of the silver and black. Let's quickly get to the fans. These are the most notorious fans in professional sports, from the black hole to the fans that travel to the international fans. So moving to Vegas from Oakland, you know the history in L.A. This is a West Coast global hub for fans who are coming from all over the world you got to be really proud of that, Jason, to represent on the radio this fan base. They live and die with this team. They have such yeah. deep history going back to their parents and their grandparents. How important is that connection to you and the fans?
3: Oh, it's 100%. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's the most passionate fan base. It's a diverse fan base. It is all over the country, all over the world. Um, some of the biggest Raiders fans that I've ever come across are, are here on the East Coast and folks that I have worked with and have heard from so many of them uh, here in the last hour or so. And, and that is, that's everything you could ask for, right? I mean, we all want the opportunity to call these amazing games, but you all also want to do it for, for fans that care as much as they do. And what a great, like, JT, what an awesome time to, to, to get an opportunity to take over for a team that's got so much potential so much excitement behind it. All the players that are now there, you know, the excitement around you were talking about when you brought me in about Denzel Perriman and, and the beanie and what a year he had making the pro bowl and, you know, the trade for Devonte Adams and like, the, the, like this just, it's such a great time to come in and, and how excited uh, this fan base is because there is, there's so much to be excited about and, you know, in the new city and all of that stuff. So it really is, um, Something that I can't wait. I, I can't wait for next Thursday, <laughs> to be yeah. perfectly
1: honest. You know, your first call in the preseason my, most likely won't be a Devontae Adams touchdown, depending on what happens. But so. <laughs> how, excited are you, how excited are you to call the first card a Devontae Adams touchdown? It's never happened before. You're going to be the voice of that. That's an amazing opportunity.
3: First of, you know, what, what? we're hoping that it's many, right? Yeah. So for not just this year, but for years to come. Um, no, I can't wait. And, and, you know, I've, I've been watching the last, you know, few days, the last couple of weeks, all the press conferences and videos and things that Derek have said and, and, and Devante and, and, and how excited these guys are to get back together. And, you know, the connection that they have going all the way back to Fresno State and the more than 60 touchdowns, you know, they had together there. And, um, it really is just, it, this has an opportunity to be truly special, uh, and, and, you know, I I really am honored. I know we keep saying that, but I really am honored to get this opportunity to be part of that.
1: It's an opportunity of a lifetime. I can tell you I speak for some. This is a family. This is a family, the Davis family with deep, deep history around the league, going to Canton and the Hall of Fame. The tradition that is a special tradition, not only in the NFL, but in professional sports. And you are part of the family now. We welcome you. We wish you the best. Welcome to the Raider Nation, Jason. If I can do anything to help and help you and your family get off to a quick start here, thanks so much for doing this and enjoy it. Celebrate with your family tonight as the voice of the Raiders.
3: Thanks, JT. I really appreciate it.
1: You got it, buddy. Take care. There he is, Jason Horowitz. He's the new voice of the Raiders here on Raider Nation Radio. And again, you know, I've known the guys before him, and I know people behind the scenes and the decision makers. I employ for Raider fans to do the right thing here welcome that young man he gets an opportunity of a lifetime when you're a broadcaster you dream you dream of opportunities like this. welcome him into the family of the Raider Nation and I'm sure he'll do a great job. Q does a great job he is up next. Happy that I was able to talk to the play-by-play voice off tomorrow for aviators on tonight on Sirius XM if you can hear that show on 82 and thank you everybody and again welcome to Jason. Horowitz, the new voice of the Raiders. Q is here with a monster show. He was at the practice today inside the media session. He'll have a lot to tell you there, and I will see you back on Thursday. Have a great rest of the day, everybody.